मीठो गेम लाइक दिस इज लाइक हुन्छ मेरो लाइक यस्तो मेरो मुडको खालको गेम छ के अ एकदमै अपबीट अपबीट डेफिनेटली दिस इज एन्ड वी हैव नन अदर देन दिवस गुरुङ फर आवर पोडकास्ट टुडे सो वेलकम दाइ वेलकम टु आवर लाइक अ क्वारेन्टाइन सेसन शो अ थैंक यू थैंक यू फॉर हैविंग मी ओके So let's uh let's uh, start by first like introducing yourself. I want like I want to introduce you as like being uh, I mean Nepalese like uh, we've come to United States so so yeah, for our education and so on you know. And you are one of the rare uh like people who chose something artsy in a very different artistic manner. It's uh you are the one who chose music as your career. Right. Yeah. Like how, how like can you just tell like how did it come about to be like you to be a musician and choose for someone to be like uh come to United States and go about, uh, go around there you know? like uh performing and uh, being actual in in a band. I think uh it is it was a matter of luck and um just uh intention I guess. You know when I first came to the US I I still you know I I started playing music kind of late like in my when I was 18 so it's it's a little bit later than most people so when I came to um and something about music when you start learning it there's like the first 4 5 years when you're like really obsessed with it uh for me it was the guitar I mean when I was in the US I was still in that phase of like complete obsession with music so uh, when when did you come to United States uh 2002 2002 that's a long time ago eh? yeah 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 it's a, it's a almost like 18 18 years and you're still <laughs> strumming your guitar <laughs> yeah yeah totally <laughs> like uh so uh we can talk in english nepali it doesn't matter we're like out, we, we're free to do that you know tobacco like exactly musical like uh, before okay i'm not even going even before united states like how did you feel like uh when did you actually start to feel like a musician because this speaks a lot to me personally as well uh I'm opening like uh indirectly like uh, I have been studying music and uh, this feels a lot of relatable thing It's like when did I become a musician and when should I put it on the side I put it uh on my main project and like I want to be that tobacco like like how did it feel uh this in some ways like I it's it's a back and forth thing you know because growing up we had like all these um paradigms of what a musician should should be you know it's like you have to make you have to get a record label you have to be touring around the country you know, at least the musician i looked up to they had all of the, those things and for me like i don't i don't really have a label on so even sometimes today like i don't feel like i'm a musician some days and some days i do <laughs> but i guess i mean strictly in the sense of um you know business wise i guess Once you're like making some kind of income after with the music mm-hmm. you could be a musician but i mean more philosophically i think you're a musician when uh, you can express yourself with an instrument or some kind of musical device you know so i think that, uh, that yeah that is that is the main main uh, crux of being a musician then you know? like you have an idea you have a feeling and if you can express it somehow and i think that's that that is the standard the minimum yeah. i should like <laughs> and that that's the thing it's like a lot of people are 
like a lot of Nepalese, a lot of people just buy a guitar, play a few songs and enjoy. And that's a very basic start of how you end up loving music. It's just yeah. like you want to be a performer, you want to be like playing in front of the people. That's uh, the secondary. The primary is you're going to enjoy that music. You're going to learn something and you're going to express it. Yeah. So I have like, I'm just amazed like a... Uh, like I've seen a lot of your growth funny like uh, when the last time you came to perform concert in uh, St. Cloud State and uh, <laughs> like, we, we organized it and we were like really really happy to have you and from then Divas Gurung is also a band member of Ayurveda and now after you have like a solo project I know so uh, can you explain to, like not explain but like can you just talk about like how how did like uh, when did you start that band? So yeah, that that ties into my uh, to your first question of how yeah. did I become a full time musician in in the U.S. after because I came to the U.S. like everyone to you know, study and I did my bachelor's in economics, but I met uh, most of my bandmates in college. Mm. college, I went to Ithaca College, upstate New York. So that's where I met all of them, and that was uh, very lucky for me to meet them. Because if I hadn't met them, I wouldn't be doing this in this in this way at least. Then, um, because having like a band there, like having all of us having like a common goal of wanting to play music, trying to put on really good shows, and we all listen to the same kind of music. You know, we we're all into like grunge and <laughs> bands after that. Which yeah. when I got to college, a lot of people weren't using, listening to that kind of music anymore because it was already 2002, and people were into like. Yeah, different kinds of grunge was like still old, right? So, yeah. uh, so it was it was lucky for me to meet those guys, and uh, I think it, it built from there. Like, we you know, did recordings and then start writing songs, start playing shows, and yeah. um, our our local scene was like really supportive. So we had a good fan following, if you can. and uh, so we made an album in like a really nice studio, and we got a new drummer, new bass player. So it just built from there to a point where, like, um, I was feeling really good about just doing music, and um, I had to have that conversation with my parents. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I remember that conversation. Uh, I'm, I'm sure you know all, all. I wouldn't say like all people, but like a lot of Nepali students would. Uh, <laughs> Experience. <laughs> okay. Let me tell you, tell you about my experience. Hey, like, uh, I, I came to the United States and you know, I like I wanted to go for computers, like uh, everybody does. Like I want to be a computer. I think I studied BI, BCIS, uh, information system. So like the first semester, like first first semester of it, party. Like I'm like this is not for me. Like I got that urge feeling and And then I went to uh, like I asked my sister and. Uh, I went consulting about like few music places, and then that uh, guy like I went into music uh, department, and, and then when I just hear students playing music, I'm like, oh dear, I want to be that. I want I want to grow up to be that. And then uh, I, I kind of switched. Like I talked with my consultant, I know, and then I switched from IT computer, which has a secure future. Like uh, yeah. a lot of the people make a lot of money. Like after they graduate, and that's pretty good. And then I chose music direction, which is like on security, extremely hard subject matter, and he, like. Yeah, and yeah. then I have to top an appearance, and he, ah, I'm, I want, I want to go into pursue music, and then 
they were like initially they didn't want to, but uh, they were really supportive. But I can definitely feel like how you how you can say is like it's it's not gonna be the same with the uh, family support all over. But I go like, I mean, you have a background and uh, your family has a background in music too, right? Yeah, and they were they were, they were pretty supportive. Um, but it was also like a thing where uh, you know it's it's not like supportive once and it's done you know, because life keeps going on and the music field is very very unstable so yeah every 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 few months every year like i always get like a follow-up questions you know like how's it going and stuff <laughs> as long as uh, you know like there's some progress happening but i mean <laughs> at that time my parents were very supportive from me. oh yeah that's like that's super nice me. of them yeah which uh you know a lot of parents would i don't think either. Like, it's been so easy. <laughs> that kind of stuff. What what did they like? How did their reaction goes? Like a couple of months after you decided to, I want to pursue band, and uh, of course they have to be like, okay, so you're yeah. Doing I mean, they, they, I think it's in in some ways they weren't probably weren't super surprised just because of how I was uh, with music, even when I was in Nepal and so you know, mm-hmm. like SLC Cobella, like I would just that's when I started playing guitar and I was like obsessed nonstop like playing underneath the bed covers like at night time like eating you know lunch kind of and i had a guitar in my hand so okay. they knew like it was uh, it's, it's more than a hobby it's more than a phase and when i came to the u.s like i brought my guitar my electric guitar from the park to the u.s and that was like oh a big you you yeah, got so, it you got it like yeah, did yeah. it like it's big right like i know i remember one of my friend uh got up like he he bought his guitar here like and it's like it's a it's a hand carry on, so you're missing out on other stuff you can actually bring. So you actually bring yeah. a guitar, and let me tell you, I brought my cowbell from Nepal. <laughs> <laughs> I brought this cowbell. I brought those cymbals. You know, like uh, I don't know if you can see it, but like I got two cymbals, everything from Nepal. I'm like, I just purchased it, and when I came to the United States, I'm like, I don't want to leave it. I don't want to leave it. That's a funny thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> How, how like how much how much like was it hard to bring it on the luggage as a in the plane? No, it was it was okay. It was just hard like when um, I, I was doing a transfer thing, so like I had to bring the guitar and they had to check it every time because this was like right after very fresh after nine eleven too. So people were oh oh yeah, big, that's big, uh, a package. Uh, but but I remember I had uh, my guitar and I had like my I had like Korg multi effects pedal in my backpack. Oh. So in the transfer, I would just be playing guitar with like headphones on. <laughs> <laughs> you you couldn't even reach to America to just uh, yeah, yeah, to flesh it out. Uh, You're like, oh, like <laughs> you could have even put up like a hat in the front and just like try to make yeah. some yeah. money out of in the transit. That would be fun. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't do that now, but you know, when you're young, like yeah, you know, your thinking is very like just one-dimensional, and I think that's oh. why a lot of people, you know, they become successful when they're young because like that's only that's all they know. They don't care about how it looks or how it, you know, what people think in that moment. But, um, but anyways, when I told my parents that, I think they were, you know, I, I think of course they were disappointed in some ways because. <laughs> When you send a kid out, it's, it's a big deal to come to USA. You know, you're, there's certain things that are expected of you, especially from the school that I came from, like in Kathmandu, is the Grand Country School. It's like a very prestigious school for, you know, graduates go on to do a lot of like 
academic academically very prestigious jobs. So. Yeah, so I think it was a mix of both, and uh, and I don't know if if uh, I didn't have like a little bit of success afterwards, it would have been like a sad story. I said. <laughs> <laughs> hey, like a thing about like music scene and sad story is they make amazing music. Yeah, and yeah. After a lot of people die, then they become famous. Hopefully, yeah. like yeah, sad. Yeah, you are you are catching up to be alive and still like a lot of people appreciating. So I'm I'm just like glad a lot of people are getting to know you and enjoy your music and one thing about you like i find fascinating is you you have the guts to like put a, go around the band and tour united states like uh, you did a tour with the whole band right yeah we did i think three or four tours uh, two of them were like full country tours and then two two of them were like regional tours but okay. back then it was like that's what you were supposed to do if you're a band because the online things were just starting out. MySpace was a big thing. Uh, oh, you we went in MySpace. <laughs> yeah, we were like the MySpace generation. So awesome. with like YouTube definitely wasn't a thing back then. You know? like yeah. YouTube wasn't what it is now. Like you couldn't reach so many people, and you know, streaming the speeds were really bad. The quality was really bad. So the only way that you could uh, uh, you know, get any kind of self promotion is the tour and. And I mean, touring also like really helped clarify a lot of things for me and for the band, as far as you know, what kind of material people really enjoyed and what kind of regions people like our music in. And had we gone on as a band, I think we would have sort of focused that more. You know? Like certain uh -huh. towns in the U.S. like really like our style. So, do you even remember how many states you visited, like a touring? Um, how many miles you drove? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Countless, countless. This US is a huge country. <laughs> <laughs> I remember you coming with uh, the trailer in the back and with a um, Jeep and like a SUV. And you guys are like four guys. Everybody's tired driving, and we're we're calling at night. It's like uh, like over there, over this side park, and you, uh, like uh, the place we parked was a little steepy. So it was it's just funny, like how like how like human like we are, just like getting tired of performing. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. No, we were so exhausted by then. So, like, and, tell me, like, do you have any crazy stories, like, uh, about like those kind of tours? Uh yeah. I mean, it's every. The thing is, uh, with touring, is um, the first week is really hard, you know? and then you start getting to a groove, and then you sort of become used to that kind of lifestyle, and then it's kind of hard to come back to normal life. And you only did it for like maximum like month and a half. Um, so how how does your routine go by? So it would be like you know we we play sh so it would, it would start from the night before like we play a show and and then after that people want to hang out and stuff because you know it's like a party thing and <laughs> at like two or three a.m. I mean depending on what you have next day if you have a show the next day then you have to like figure out like what time we need to be at the venue by and how long we have to drive so mm -hmm. it's all and then and then it's just like a lot of driving non-stop driving 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 and so we would go and then we'd find get to the venue no you know, we have to like load out all our equipment set it all up <laughs> then play yeah. the show it was and, and that's that's like that takes a lot of equipment i've i've seen like of course drummers have the biggest number of equipment heavy stuff but even your like guitar gadgets and so on were pretty impressive like uh, you have a ton of stuff yeah, we had like the big, big speaker cabinets, the 4x12 cabinets, we, we brought all of that, which now like, 
living in New York, I can't even imagine having that 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 huge of an amp. I have like a big amp and I never use it. So I think it's it's like a touring thing. That's why we had the trailer. We had big uh-huh. bass rig and drums, everything. And every show we'd like load it out, etc. And after every show we'd put it back in the trailer and drive. Oh, so uh, like, tell me like, uh, like how was like uh, you you toured mostly in colleges, right? During those times. Ah uh, no, we did colleges, bars, bars. like whatever. Yeah, because we it, it became to a point where like so like like I so said we had like certain key areas that we wanted to hit, mm-hmm. and it was just a matter of getting to those places without being broke. And so we do like a <laughs> lot of shows in between for like fifty dollars, for like sixty dollars, and so it's like. I mean, just to get gas going. Yeah, the, it's it's more about like reaching new people. It's like uh, you just gotta start and get to. Music is all about like reaching new people. If you don't yeah, reach new people, they're just like they're absolutely gonna not know who you are. And even that they you know like they could have appreciated your music and enjoyed it. And like how was like by the end of the tour, like when you came back, how exhausted were you? <laughs> Um, I mean, funnily enough, by the by the end, we actually be like really energized because oh. we, we were like gotten used to that kind of lifestyle. You know? So it's like because when you're just going, 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 you don't feel like I would feel exhausted. Maybe like a week after the being back home, we uh-huh. like stopping and then it all like sinks in at once, the tiredness and everything. But yeah. when you're on the road, it's it's like um, you you you're almost like. It's almost like like you're like a soldier of some kind because oh. every day you have like a mission. You have to go. You have to go. Play the show. Do all that stuff, and then load out everything. And everything has to be fast because okay. at the end of the show, everybody's drunk. The all the audience. So like you have to make sure like nobody steals your stuff. So you have to like load in fast because you can't park. Or you're gonna get a parking ticket. So it's like a lot of adrenaline <laughs> every single day. So. Yeah, I've heard about stories like of bands like performing, and when they get out, their stuff gets stolen, and that's the most heartbreaking thing. It's just yeah, yeah. We had we had some stuff that was stolen. It happened to us twice. Really? What, what happened? Somebody, someone cut the. He was luckily when we were playing a show, so there was not that much equipment, but uh, there was like really expensive acoustic guitar. That was my drummer's. Ooh. Somebody cut the locks and jam of our trailer, and then they stole the guitar. And he had like a drum pad. They stole that. The second oh. time somebody threw a window through our through our SUV, I mean through a rock through the window. <laughs> yeah, that's and then a, oh. a laptop and stuff like that. So uh, that's like I mean it's not something you would want to have, but it's something you can expect. Is like you make made weird people in the tour. Yeah, yeah. No, I, we met a lot of weird people, <laughs> a lot of crazy people. Yeah, of course, and uh, like. With the band coming up, like uh, I know uh, Ayurveda band is now like are you guys like uh, broken up or how does that come out to be? Yeah, I mean at this point we're pretty much uh, broken up. We haven't done anything in like almost ten, like eight years now. Yeah, so but we yeah. still talk. Like we're still we're still friends, but uh, everybody has their own lives. Yeah, you know, everybody's doing their own stuff. Um, I mean, maybe something in the future. Like I don't know. I mean I would love to do like. Some shows in Nepal with the band because oh, be I awesome, think that's right? where we made we made the most impact. Uh, even when I go back, I, I like I still meet a lot of guys who are who were kids then. Now they're like men, <laughs> and for them it was like a big deal. Those first first two albums. I mean, 
but which which we like had like some idea but we didn't i didn't really know the extent of how much people like their music in nepal and um yeah. i think that'd be really good yeah i've uh, i've had a few friends uh, like cover you guys song i read that song and they like it were interesting too so uh we have like everybody in is in the queens area or no my bad like you're you're not in queens area then i mean most of brooklyn mouth but okay. uh, it's so my my friend Dan who's the bass player he's in Brooklyn too but uh, two of the guys the drummer and the guitarist they're still upstate uh, upstate okay, so I moved to the city New York City about like 2013 today I bet the band is uh, like uh, currently in hibernation I, I would say I would love to have you yeah. guys back so yeah, yeah. you're currently uh, doing a lot of projects solo solo projects and I've seen you recently came out with the Ratomata album and uh, like, how did that album come out to be? This, it, it has so much unique uh, old Nepali music, and you have a lot of like newer generation like techno, I'm not say techno, but like a lot of advanced uh, tonal quality in your guitars. I just feel like that that album is such a beautiful piece of art. <laughs> so, yeah, like how uh, I mean that that album was actually made when the band was still together so oh. so the band is playing in that album so that was released 2008 it's like almost well it's like 12 years <laughs> it's crazy okay. and in 2008 2009 so that 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 came out of um, sort of it was like a necessity at that time because uh, so obviously when i graduated from college i couldn't stay in the f1 visa so i had to get a it was like an artist visa and one of the things that was required of me was I had to do something culturally relevant um, not not as an album but as more of a, like a weekly on a weekly basis so in Ithaca where we lived uh, we were really good friends with this, um, um, this booker at a club we booked all the talent so we did start doing these shows every Wednesday night it was called Nepali Folk Night and it was free show uh, it was just a way of you know, it's like getting my visa requirement done, but then it evolved, it evolved into like all. So it was like, okay, so what do we play? So I was like, okay, dude, let's try all these like old songs, and uh, you know, like try some different arrangements and stuff like Asari Mainama, Manmachi Karna. That sort of happened over there. And so that was like the the birth of it. And at some point, uh, the drummer Mike Parker, he was like the engineer of the band. So. He was like, let's record these songs. So we did really fast. And that also helped at that time to sort of fulfill another one of my requirements for my visa was like, that was another piece of evidence that we could show. Because, I mean, I had no idea that it would even reach anybody. It was just more like a, like a fun project for us to do. Uh, and like sort of help with my, my status a little no, bit. It, it turned out to be a gem, let me tell you. Yeah, it's, yeah. No, so it was, it, was, it was crazy. So... So yeah, it was like we, we. I think the main thing about that about that album is like it was not very overthought. You know? Like there was not a lot of like overthinking. It was very simple. It was like these are the songs. These are the way that we could play it. Just try all these things, and a lot of it was the extension of what we were already doing with Ayurveda. So there's a lot of the Ayurveda sound in that album, mm-hmm. uh, even especially like you said, guitar tones, or really, and mm-hmm. the drum sounds, bass sounds, mm-hmm. like the mixing. Because Mike mixed the album. So he mixed the most of the Ayurveda albums too. So it's got it's got like a similar 
similar thing. So when we toured with Ayurveda, like we also had like a lot of stops where we could play the Nepali songs. Mm. And that's when like we first realized that uh, there's like a big audience for this. People that want to hear this stuff. And so you have, you have your stuff out and uh, Ratamata is out on Spotify. And uh, I'll, put, yes. I'll put the link in the description. There should be a link in the yeah. description below. But you have uh, out on the Spotify, you have in Bandcamp. What else uh, like uh, have you streamed it on? Uh, there's stuff on YouTube that I didn't put it up there. But okay. um, at this point, like I'm just like whoever has put it up, like I'm okay with just them just putting it up because <laughs> um, it's important just to get the music out. Definitely. Uh, and then yeah, I mean. I, I, I put it out to DistroKid, so there's there, there must be like 20, 30 outlets that I have no idea about. And it's all very, like very regional by like country, you know, there's like all these streaming things in Russia that I have no idea, but it's, it's there. Hey. <laughs> hey, as long as people listen to it, I don't know, yeah. there must be some Nepalis there too. Yeah. Or it just like randomly recommends it to some Russian guy. <laughs> oh, oh they'll, they'll love it. It's about vodka. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, it's, yeah, Deezer. And, but I only listen to Spotify and YouTube. Pretty much, that's it. You know, but it's on like iTunes, Apple Music, yeah. Tidal. Or listening, so. Yeah, you have, you have your stuff out. So uh, to our listeners, if you want to listen to it and support those guys, like there's, uh, I'll put up some link in the like in the description below. Okay, uh, let's talk about like. I know, like you have been doing. The, what's your recent project that you've been working on? So right now I'm releasing my, um, technically it's my third album, no, fourth album, because after Dratamata I did two EPs. Mm-hmm. One was called Adunik, which had the Ami Ayo song, and the other one was uh, Charna Sahar, um, which had Koti Basso, the cover of Koti Basso. Uh, so after, and be- in between I released like a bunch of singles here and there, like Demand That You Think, that was, that was mm-hmm. after Charna Sahar. Um, so right now I'm releasing my full-length album. So I'm, I'm releasing tracks every every week or every two weeks. I've released like five songs so far. The album is called Bato. Um, there's still a couple more songs to go. And um, I mean, just the way it is right now, like I think people, you have a better chance of reaching people who release songs one by one instead okay. of a whole album. Um, so that's what I'm doing. Um, I don't know how I feel about it, but... <laughs> it's, it's, it's no, I mean... Uh, it definitely, if it works, it works. Like, uh, yeah. your every song, like if it's, you work enough, uh, like on it, and if people get, uh, start to appreciate, like in that exact song, instead of getting the whole album, like, uh, people used to buy, like, uh, the whole album just to get one song. And now yeah, exactly. the digital thing is like, it's nicer to just get that song, what they like. And, uh, it's yeah. always good, great to have the whole album too. Uh, so I, like, I remember you like going back to like in the concert days. So I remember you staying with us. Like uh, we had a little uh, home party. Like uh, I remember you guys. Like uh, you had Mike, Dan, uh, Sikardai, and uh, who am I missing? Tom. 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 Like, yeah. Man, he, he has extremely high, nice, beautiful voice too. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. And, like. Uh, it's, I remember you guys making Momo at my place, and we called it, <laughs> we called it Ayurvedic Momo. <laughs> yeah, that was good. I remember that. Oh, thank you. So, I remember, like, uh, we had, like, Tom, uh, Tom and, like, uh, Tom, Dan, like, everybody were, like, super expert and 
setting up the momos. <laughs> like yeah, how yeah. many how many momo jam obsession did you guys have to to have them influenced like uh, to have them oh, addicted yeah. to it? Yeah, yeah. Especially in college, that's like the that's like the main thing to do. So, uh, gathering all the Nepalis and making momos. Yeah. The momo party is is uh, I think it's a very uniquely uh, foreign thing. You know, we never had like momo parties like that in Nepal. It's like it's very like, and I don't know how it is in other countries, but in U.S. definitely like every 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 college we visited, Palestine, we always had. Okay. This thing I use make momos. So they've been to so many of those. So like so they're experts. <laughs> so you you made all of your band member like addicted to momo. That's the best thing yeah. you can do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You better if you want to be in a band with me. You better eat some momos. <laughs> <laughs> okay, like uh, from the same group, like uh, when we're back home. So I have a few questions. Um, like uh, I, I don't know if you remember, we have Raman, uh, Pranesh, and Kuspu uh, sent out a few questions for you. So I'm mm -hmm. gonna uh, I'm gonna read it out to you. So this is a question from Kuspu. So do you want to cover any other any other of your dad's song that you have not done yet? If not, what is your favorite cover of your dad's song? So it's funny that uh, uh, that question is asked because uh, I am going to release one of my dad's songs oh. in, in like a month's time. So we just finished the mastering for the song and we're working on a video right now. And it's a beautiful song. So I've been I've been working on that song for it seems like like ten twelve years. So I'm really excited to release it okay. because I. Oh, sorry. For for those who haven't, who don't know your dad, like uh, he, uh, can you introduce him, like uh, like his musical background? Sure, sure. Um, so if you ever heard my song called Mayun Chu, that was written by my dad. Um, his stage name is Obi Solti, and um, he was like he did a bit of everything. He was a very really good singer. Uh, he is still a very really good singer, um, songwriter, actor, dancer, uh, like. Did all the things he was. Oh, he, he's like some full <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, so in a way, it was in my blood, I guess. But um, also the song Machi Karele, it was. Uh, he recorded that song. I mean, he didn't write that song, but he was the guy who recorded that song. Um, I don't know. It was like the 70s or something, and that was like a big hit back then. Yeah. But when I heard that song for the first time, it wasn't a recording of that song. It was. He had made this cassette tape uh, when my mom was in UK of like, no, no, it was actually when when my mom and dad were first just dating or they just got married. Like he made a cassette tape of, you know, my mom's friends are there and they were like, oh, please sing a song, sing a song. And he sang like Machi Kanele, Mayurin Su, and this new one called Lai Zhao. So that's the tape I have. And that, that was my basis for covering all those songs. So, okay. so, yeah, so I have a new song coming up with his. That he wrote. Awesome. Well, what is the name of the song? Called Lai Zhao. Lai Zhao. Okay, we'll be waiting for that, like, yes, desperately. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. another question. This is from uh, Pranesh, and he has two questions. So, let's see. So, do you want to cover... Oh, wait. That's... That's Kuzbuz. And... Uh, so, let's have Pranesh's question. Uh, okay, hold on. Let's have Raman's question. I think I caught the uh, screenshot the same question twice. <laughs> so we have uh, Raman's question. Hello, Divas Dai. If you remember me from Minnesota, St. Cloud, he's the tall guy. I don't know if you remember. But 
Uh, are you planning to rejoin Ayurveda anytime soon? Uh, we obviously answered a little bit. I, I like your song Jivan and Jivan and Bato. Ekdam indie song, sir. And I'm into that type of music. I'm not good at software and gadgets, but uh, what kind of plugins do you suggest for indie type of music? And uh, like he he also said, uh, we made one song a year ago, Yatyo. Yad, Yad by Tupanketa, so he has a song out. So please listen to that and give us your thought. We're making song which is coming out soon. So I guess he's a little bit influenced by you. Oh, cool, cool. Uh, okay, so the first question, when am I rejoining Ivo? Yeah. Um, that, I don't know. Like, I think uh, it's not just up to me. It's up to like everybody else in the band. Uh, like I said, I, would, I, would, I think doing a show in Nepal would be fun. But it's a lot of commitment and it, people have families now, so... It's not as easy, and and so we haven't played in together in like more than a decade, almost, <laughs> almost a decade. So, because uh, the reason Ayurveda was so good was we practiced a lot. Like we, I think we practiced every like five days a week for I think three, four years straight. I mean, we were like practicing extremely oh, that's, hard. That's that's hard. Yeah, and that that came across whenever we played live because it was we were so in sync. And to get back to that level, I mean, it wouldn't take us years. Because we're all like more mature musicians now, so we can understand like what it means to like listen to, you know, when we were young, like people also like need to listen to each other. Like, okay, we we're like, okay, well, I listen, but it's that's something that comes with age, like being more sympathetic to like the song as a whole instead of just your own part and your own, your own like, you know, I just want to play my solo, but you have to think about the full picture and you know, like how you fit in that. But, um, I went off on a tangent, but... Yeah. Oh, no, 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 please do. We're, we're all about uh, tangents and stuff. Yeah, yeah, so... Yeah, so I, I don't know, like... It's... Yeah, everybody's finding their path. Maybe it will join again, I guess. Someday. Yeah, yeah. We're I mean, hoping, so, like, uh, at least come up with some kind of different songs together, maybe again. But, like, yeah. right now you are doing your own stuff, and which we enjoy a lot as well. And his second question was uh, completely free. Hold on. Yes, he, he has a lot of long questions. So, oh, the, the new songs, Bato and um, I think the song him he was trying to say was Jamaico, not not G one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, he he wrote Jamaica. Uh, well, I guess he was trying to say like, uh, what kind of softwares and plugins or gadgets uh, would you suggest for a new indie incomer? Okay, for the indie sound, I would say whatever um, uh, DAW you're using, it's fine. It's like. I'm not picky about um, what program you use. I personally use Ableton Live, and I've been using that for almost 10 years. And uh, for me, it's it's very easy to, like I said, express yourself. Uh, because at some point when you're producing, like uh, you start to understand that like the software you're using is an instrument. That's like the biggest instrument. I mean, when growing up, we'd like read all these things about like, or the Beatles used the studio as an instrument. So I was wondering what that meant. And once I started getting into Ableton Live and learning how to arrange and like manipulate sections and sounds and stuff, I was like, okay, this is the best instrument. <laughs> <laughs> it's like up there with guitar for me. Like, you know, some days yeah. I'll just sit and just play in Ableton for like the whole day, and it's just so much fun. Like discovering new things. And so I was thinking, like, the whatever style of music you're doing you need to be like extremely um, familiar and like uh, fluid with like whatever uh, software you're using 
could be logic for some people, pro tools, whatever. You know, it's, it's not. I don't think anything is like better than the others as a whole. There might be some certain things that every dog is good at. Yeah. Uh, like, but apart from that, I think with the indie sound, uh, what what people gravitate towards is is um, not so much uh, treble. You know, that's the thing. Like everything sounds warm, and you have to like be very conscious about keeping everything warm, but still having like enough high end in there. And that's that's like a lot to do with. Um, Obviously, like EQing, but also using like tape tape emulators. Uh, so I use a lot of like different kinds of uh, to get the sound of tape, which is different for different plugins. You know, certain plugins have a different sound. And just mix and match and try to find. And um, there's this really cool plugin that I use a lot. It's called Cassette by um, forget who makes it. It's it's not an expensive plugin. Okay. Um, so. Yeah, you do you have like any get, uh, plugins? Well, you basically have your gadget setups, right, for your guitar, and uh, yeah, yeah. Like uh, when you emulate uh, in Ableton Live with all of those uh, plugins, do you uh, uh, replicate it in a guitar plugins as well, or how does that work? Is there a patch option? Uh, for guitars, I I usually record like straight in with all the effects, and I don't change the effects afterwards. Very rarely. What I what I don't do is. I don't do any delay or reverb when I'm recording it. Mm -hmm. That is always post-processing because I think delay and reverb is much more flexible in the in the computer than on. For like, um, for, you get like a certain texture just from the pedals. Mm -hmm. But I usually use, um, there's a company called Sound Toys. Uh, it's called say, Echo Boy one. So it's like the best delay plugin. And I use that a lot. And um, also, Stuff like chorus is, is a really good uh, way to get that dreamy sound, and and that effect has made a comeback in the last like five six years. Oh. Like, in a way, you know? like everything is chorus now. Yeah, and before, like I remember, chorus was like the worst effect that you could have, <laughs> but that's changed a lot. Uh, it's so, all the effect that was available in that speaker of like when we were old. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I so yeah, so chorus is is a big is a big way to like get that indie feel I feel like okay. yeah so like he asked you to listen to his song and I'm gonna put the link in you can comment something so. yeah yeah definitely I'll check it out this is a question from Pranesh so what's your process for creating song music first lyric first or whatever comes uh, like in your mind so that comes to with the same question I have as a musician too is like what is the best method uh, like is it something like a melody that comes in my mind, or is it, should I start storming my guitar and feel the music and try to get inspi inspired to find something from the air? <laughs> like, how, what is your process of like coming up with a good like a melody and music, like to make it a complete song? Uh, for me, it's I think yeah, definitely melody and chords first uh, before lyrics, uh, because I usually we go like I'll. I'll have a riff or a chord progression, uh, and then I'll like build it up with that. And that's my, I'll start improvising melodies, sometimes singing, sometimes playing on the piano or the guitar, whatever. You, know, you get different melodies from different things because for me, guitar is so familiar. Like I can, sometimes I, it's hard to bring fresh ideas with the guitar because I feel like I've done it so much. Mm -hmm. I, I feel like the piano is like a very, very nice way to find melodies. Um, or just singing, and then the lyrics come like much after that. Because once 
I start working on the melody and the music. Um, when I'm going to at, at certain point, like I would be like, okay, like I want to record some kind of vocals, and then usually like I'll just start to sing random words that goes with the the flow of the music, and it's it's a lot to do with the the consonants, the number of syllables you have in the words, and then you try to find like. Sometimes you say something interesting, and you're like, okay, that's a cool thought. I wonder why I said that. <laughs> because the music makes you feel a certain way, and then unconsciously you're like firing certain words that come out of your mouth. And um, the more I read like other musicians' biographies, and I feel like this is a very common way of doing it. Um, I was reading uh, Keith Richards' book, and he said it's the same thing that happens to him. Like, you write the riff stuff. With him, it's different because like the whole band starts playing the music, mm-hmm. and then he's just like, now I got to sing and something better, something good better come out because it's like there's a there's a situation you get. Uh, I felt that being in a studio, like um, so, if, for example, I'm recording like a guitar solo back in Ivy days. So you're in a studio, a song is done, everybody's sitting down, everyone's like, okay, now time to record the solo, and you're like, you know, there's like so much intensity there and so much adrenaline, so you come up with like amazing stuff uh, that you wouldn't have just sitting in your room stuff like that so i think it's trying to put yourself in that situation where like it's it's very like intense and you're not just like sitting around and just uh trying to come up with stuff oh yeah you, so, you, you definitely need some pressure like the pressure brings yeah the yeah down, yeah, yeah for for me it, it works to have some kind of pressure so um like sometimes i play like my stuff to my wife to my friends and the, just the act of playing it to somebody else like that then i'll see like a hundred problems that weren't there, you know? okay. but but it's, it's it's a good way to like sort of work work down your process because okay. um, yeah I think it's it's a lot of like filtering ideas and then at some point once I start working on the lyrics then it's like either it comes like really easily the lyrics and it makes sense or it's like you know years of uh-huh. editing and writing and editing and writing and you're yeah, like that- resting. Like I have, I have some songs like uh, that's been there for like many, 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 many months, and it's halfway done. And I'm like, I, I feel this is a boring song, so I just leave it. So I have 20 songs that's like not released, like halfway there. And it's like I know this is some melody are super nice, but it's not gonna be a full song. And I start moving on to new song, and then mm-hmm. uh, it it just keeps on stacking up. And so like my whole process of making music has been like uh, as you said, it's just. It's hard to figure out things, and you need a presser. But when you have enough time, you're like, ah, I'm gonna make new one, and then the, all the music gets stuck there. Yeah, yeah. But do you ever go back and listen to your old songs and you I, find soft stuff that you like about it? Yeah, I do. Like I have like every every song for every song I make. There's like a three different versions, three or four different versions of different uh, placements. Some sounds like super synthy, and some sounds. Uh, like more natural instrument and I'm like where, more where natural instrument and I'm like where, where should I go where should I land and yeah, yeah. It, it just feels like a diff- different variation of the same song and none of them feels right to you anymore right. <laughs> <laughs> no I felt that too but yeah, it's like usually when I go back and um, I do find like certain things that I like about it and then what I would do is like I just like concentrate on that part and then redo everything with just that that element that you like and try to keep it um you know, like try to keep what you what you like about it and um, 
Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, some, I mean, I do need to take breaks because otherwise, like, you don't know what's good and what's bad after a little bit <laughs> once you start going down that hole. I, I have seen concerts of you and your wife playing guitar. Is it? Mm-hmm. Okay. And she's a musician too, right? Yeah, yeah. We have a band called The Rungs. Um, the Rungs, so like, right? Rungs, like G R U N. Wrong. R U N G S. Like rungs of a ladder. Oh! <laughs> yeah, yeah, the rungs. Where did that name come out to be? Uh, it's, it's like, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a play on the guru. So I just took the, the G U part, so I just kept the rungs. But then it also meant the rungs of a ladder. I thought that was. was oh, no, that's, that's cool. <laughs> And it, it, you both of you played like guitar so f- melodically, and it's the chemistry you can just feel that chemistry. And you both did concerts in Nepal. Like I, 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 I remember seeing shows of you two together. Like um, yeah, yeah, we did, we did a couple of shows. Yeah, um, yeah and when she does a lot of production too. Like when she does Ableton like um, a lot, so it's it's really good to like just play it to her. Or I, I'll, if someone comes to record here, but sometimes I play my song to them. You know, I, like just sometimes they they want to hear like what's new and I just play like demos that I'm doing and that that is like a really good process of doing it because every any doubts that you had in your mind about certain parts then it becomes like kind of concrete and you, like they don't even have to say anything like I'm just having a conversation within yeah. myself like while I'm playing I'm like certain parts I'm just like oh this is like really embarrassing <laughs> but I want to ask like, you know like. Uh, like is this part that like I don't know, but it's it's a good way to sort of filter out your ideas. Okay, that's definitely nice. So, so uh, like with the music, like a scene in uh, your area, like what's what's your plan for the next? Like, uh, what are you planning beside uh, the next? You know, song we're waiting for with your dad's cover. Uh, what what direction do you are you eventually planning to go in? Uh, I'm not I'm not sure. I mean, right now I'm doing. Mostly, I'm doing all uh, producing and mixing uh, uh, for other people. And um, the plan was to go to Nepal in August, do like a album release show, and we work with some artists in Nepal. Mm-hmm. But with uh, you know, everything that's happening now, I don't know. If oh that's... yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Let's go. Let's go back to you. Are, you live in New York, right? This is like an epicenter yeah. in United States, like with the Corona and uh, like. How how is your life up there? I should have asked this the first thing. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, life is like crazy because uh, I, it's like uh, the only thing, I mean, you know, you probably know the same as me. I only read the news because when I go, I don't really go outside. We try to spend most days inside. Uh, when I do go outside, I see like very few people because I live in Brooklyn and there's not like a super busy neighborhood. I mean, there's areas that are busy, but... Uh, but yeah, it's it's been crazy. Like we, I, I get updates on my phone, you know what to do or so. So it's just been, crazy. I mean, it's. I don't know if it's like gone down now or like people are, still, are more used to the chaos of the situation. Um, but I remember the first week was like really like everybody was panicking and I was like feeling anxious just being here. Yeah, it, it, I don't it, it, think the situation has changed, but I feel like. We're more used to the, this lifestyle. <laughs> yeah, like that's what I thought is like I completely forgot you were in New York, and I'm like used to like uh, as a musicians, like we like to spend a lot of time making uh, inside of home, like uh, making composition, and we spend a lot of time at home too. But, yeah, yeah. 
And so, I've been like uh, staying at home, working, and I don't go out often. So I kind of feel like this is the new normal in some sense. Yeah, and, it uh, is for a lot of people, and, but for yeah, for like musicians, it's it's not that much different. Yeah, right? like it's it's what we were doing anyways. The only thing is like not having that uh, freedom to actually go out. That does do something to you psychologically. Even even though like uh, I actually don't really go out anyways <laughs> that much, <laughs> but it's not having that option and. Um, just also like feeling uncertain about um, you know food and supplies and and uh, just the health of not just me but like my friends and my family and everything because this is like you know it's like a global thing too. So. Yeah, it's a like luck. Well, luckily Nepal doesn't seem to have that many cases, which we hope it yeah. will stay like that. But uh, like with the epicenter, like New York, and I'm in Dallas. Uh, Dallas seems to be doing okay. I, I don't quite know, but they're mandating like masks and stuff, so things are gonna change. Yeah. <clears throat> and uh, like uh, yeah, with you and your family, and like especially being a musician and not being able to perform in front of people, and uh, a lot of musicians' lively like live source is performing, and the, that's been cut off. It feels like a lot of trouble times are about, like, uh, they're expecting a lot of trouble times for a lot of musicians as well. Yeah, for musicians, like, uh, I mean, fortunately for me, like, I don't really perform that much here. Uh, most of my income is just doing production work, so I can do it from my home. Okay. Um, so in that in that way, I've, I've been, I'm, like, more fortunate than most other musicians. But they are musicians who, like, they solely rely on the gigs, and for them, this is, like, really awful. Yeah, definitely. Huh, that's 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 like a really sad place we went. To. <laughs> but well, let's share stuff out. So, uh, yeah. like, let's talk about like. I want to see like uh, what I feel like uh, from my side, and that watching you uh, have release all of those songs is like, do do you have uh, plans to collaborate with other artists here in the United States? Uh, I mean, uh, I have been collaborating with a lot, but not not as like collaborating on my song, sort of. But I've been doing a lot of production work where it's like they bring me like a rough acoustic demo that they have, and then I, I sort of make the music and the mixing of it. So in that sense, I've been collaborating like a lot the last three, four years since I've been doing it for them. Um, but other than that, yeah, like I just... It's 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 sad to say, but I just don't have the time. It seems like because every day it's like I'm always behind on the things that I need to do, and just <laughs> releasing my own music was like a very conscious thing. Like you know, I was like I have to do it because the last four five years I've been doing like other people's music, and which I love. It's a lot of fun uh, doing it that way, and that also uh, has helped me like you know like feel more as a like a musician or like someone who does music. Oh. Just being involved with music like on a daily basis, um, because for the longest time I had like day job and everything. Like, mm -hmm. I worked at restaurants. I worked as a delivery guy. I did all sorts of things just to support um, being a musician. But the last three four years I've been able to do it full time, and that's been like a big, big deal for my um, self esteem. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, that's good. Like. Uh... With every musician, there's always lows and highs. It's uh, 
like either you want to make music and sell music, but the initial phase of just creating something and a lot of people getting it to the people is the hardest thing. Once you yeah. have a good following back and once you start to get a more uh, famous in that sense, then uh, it starts, things start to get a little easier. I would not say too much easier, but the initial phase of just being recognized and just putting your music out there is the hardest part for any musicians. So, yeah. uh, we're almost good. Like, I, I hear somebody like vacuuming or something around me. <laughs> so, oh, yeah, I like uh, it, <laughs> so we've been talking for quite a bit. So I would love to have you on again some days. And uh, like before I want to end, like, do you have a guitar on you there? Yeah, yeah, I have. Um, let's see. Let me grab one. Okay. Grab one right now. I play my dad's song, Moi Lutsuwe.
Thank you for performing for us, for me, and for our audience. A beautiful, beautiful song. So uh, we'll probably end our podcast right here. And uh, I'd love to have you someday again. And uh, it's been really wonderful to talking to you about a little bit about your journey, about this whole musical career and with your friends and uh, with your, uh, what have you come to be. And uh, once again, uh, I'd like to remind our audience to listen to Divas Gurung. Uh, his new EPs, uh, we're expecting newer ones, and I'll have a description of you and your music uh, in, our, in our description below. <laughs> Everything about you that our audience would want to have. So, uh, by the like, end, end of the show, like, uh, do you have like, something to say to newer musicians, like uh, newer upcoming musicians ne like, from Nepal or from here? Like, how would they want to... Uh, Maybe you can reflect on some things of your past that you could have done to start get started with uh, being a musician and having their career. Um, I would say, I think the main thing is not to not to stop. Like you, know, the, you don't have to do. There's no like right or wrong answers anymore. I feel like you can still because when I started, I, I had a feeling that like I had to only do one thing. Um, at a time, and it's, it's, it's like so black and white for me. But I feel like now, with the way that you can reach people, YouTube specifically, you can have like you know, there's a lot of gray areas. But whatever you do, like either you do a full time job, you do full music, you do part time, whatever, it's important not to stop doing music. Like try to find the time to do music, and and it's very important to release music. You know, like your first video might be the one that like. People really latch on to him. You get a lot of uh, recognition for that, or it could be your like twentieth video. But you know, there's no there's no guarantee and there's no like formula. I think the main thing is you have to keep doing it, and and above else, like you have to love it. You have to find it fun. You have to enjoy the process of making music more than like um, more than anything. I feel like that's that's the main thing because um, as long as you as long as you feel like your new song is better than your old song, I think that's a really good way to to be, you know, because you have to be excited about whatever you're doing now, what you're doing next. And, um, and also another thing is you should also learn how to record yourself. And nowadays it's not that hard. It's, it's the information out there. Don't be like a studio quality recording, but just enough to like make demos and make arrangements and just, you know, find that like what makes you unique. Uh, with your music and just try to uh, nourish like your, your your uniqueness with your music. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. And I'll take your message. I'm like, I'm not going to stop because Divas Thai said so. <laughs> well, thank you so much for being with us. Today. Like, uh, really glad to have you and hope uh, everything settles down in New York and hopefully like a uh, good safety for your family and good health for everybody around there in New York. And hope to hear more of your stuff. And keep on rocking. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs>